So how do you think James Comey is gonna be assassinated? <laughs> just, just curious. <laughs> I, I figured they would talk to Hillary's people about that. They seem to be real good at it. They'll put something in his taco bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back, guys. It's, what, what an exciting week! Yeah, to to say the least. And we're still somehow still talking about James Comey. Which is and, just and we will be for a long time. Right? A long, <laughs> yes, long time. Yes. Um, this was a, it was actually hard to wait until Wednesday to talk about. I mean, I was feeling like barstool politics. It's we got to wait till Wednesday. I was but, getting anxiety. To yeah, so much stuff that we were not going to be able to go through. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we were we were talking before we uh, we started recording. We might as well just go through the timeline so everybody's on the same on the same page because I'm not even completely sure at this point. You know, it, Nick, you oftentimes start the podcast talking about it. it's been a crazy week. Yeah. I think this has to be the most bizarre, crazy... Don't say that, man. Don't well, say no, that. No, I'm sure the next one will be even more, but... <laughs> thus far. Yeah, thus, thus far. far. This <laughs> is this is historic in terms of all that happened, how significant all the things were. Yeah. Um, it, it wins, right? It's, it's, it does it's, win. win. All right, so let's... Everyone else loses. Let's just walk through a little bit of history so we can remember what happened in this last seven or eight days. So it was a week ago, Tuesday, May 9th, that Comey was fired. So that was the Tuesday night massacre. <laughs> On Wednesday was the closed-door meeting with Russia, a, a meeting at which, which we now know that Trump revealed highly classified uh, secrets to the Russians, which we'll talk about. Thursday, he gave that famous NBC interview where he contradicted the administration's explanation of the firing of Comey and said, I did it, it was my job, and that this Russia thing is a made-up story. By Friday, he was threatening Comey with tweets saying that... Uh, 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 Comey better hope there are no, quote, tapes of our conversation before he starts leaking to the press, suggesting that the president may be taping again. Uh, Saturday and Sunday were quiet. Uh, there was, I think there was golf. On Monday, the Russian uh, intelligence leak story breaks. Trump sends out McMaster to do this delicate dance where it's a denial but a non-denial. I mean, all of that. And then yesterday, Trump actually tweets on Tuesday saying, no, no, I did it all. Yeah, it was, it was me. I told him and I'm okay to do that. And then the Comey memo drops yesterday afternoon. Uh, and what and, was said in the memo? Uh, this was that uh, in that memo that uh, in a, a private meeting on Valentine's Day between James Comey Aww. and Donald Trump that uh, Trump asked uh, Comey if he could move on and no longer look into this investigation. And to Flynn. Yeah. Flynn specifically. Yeah, right. The Flynn, yes, the Flynn investigation. And, and after Flynn was fired. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that timeline leaves out the fact that about five minutes before we went on the air, the news just broke that the um, the FBI has appointed a special prosecutor, a special counsel, to investigate Rush, Russia election Trump ties, which we don't know much about because it just broke. But. And it's it's going to be the FBI, former FBI director Robert Mueller, um, who's well respected, right? I mean, I remember him yeah. being fairly well liked and uh, seen as a nonpartisan guy. Uh, yeah, this. Any one of those stories would be like a week's worth of news. Right. And we yes. had basically every day, you know, a week's worth of news happening. We're just numb at to least. It. Yeah. yeah. It is it is so much and it's again, just slightly crazier than the last week. <laughs> well, it does feel like this week was 
I mean, historic's not the right word, but it feels like something's building, it's building towards something, something right? Something is going to happen. Uh, you're yeah. seeing both Democrats and now even Republicans saying this is getting out of control. McCain mm-hmm. is talking about this is water-like, you know. Water-like? Water-like? Water. Watergate. Watergate? Watergate? Oh. Watergate-like. Water, yeah. wing, water, <laughs> toys. Well, um, <laughs> Justin Am- Am- Amash, is that how you pronounce his name? The, he's from Michigan, a Republican yeah. congressman. Uh, came out today and basically said if if what the Comey memos say is true, then it is impeachable. And that for a Republican, I mean, that's it's just one Republican, but it's it's again, you're starting to see sort of cracks in the in the in the wall or whatever here. I, I mean, realistically, Comey was away when he actually was fired, so he never got to go back to FBI headquarters, correct? Right. So realistically, I don't think that anyone is disputing the authenticity of the memo but how are they going to prove that you know it's a he said he said situation at that point you're right you're right it is a he said he said which makes it a little bit problematic except for the fact that comey is has a pretty i mean as, as much as some people really don't like him his his reputation is pretty impeccable sure and i think he's also very well known for doing just this keeping meticulous records and writing all these memos like yes. all these interactions with these people as soon as he has them he writes a memo and sends it to someone so you have oh. you have comey's word versus trump's word yes. it, to which most people are going to trust Comey over Trump? I think 100%. But the, <laughs> right, right. But the fact that Comey immediately after the, because this memo is not like he, you know, the day before he got fired, he wrote this memo. He wrote this memo the day of or the day after he had the meeting with Trump. Yeah. And apparently, after, yeah. there, this is, it's not just one memo that the reporting indicates that. He basically this is this is we talked last week about how firing Comey may have been just the most disastrous thing that Trump <laughs> could have done. So it sounds like Comey has essentially a file. Like he had been concerned about Trump's meddling, and so he had been keeping meticulous records of all the times that Trump had essentially tried to influence these these investigations. <laughs> and now that he's fired and pissed, he's just gonna either he or his quote unquote friends are gonna be leaking these. Oh. And now he's been invited as be, in, in relation to all of this. We talked last week about how he was supposed to testify before Congress. He was invited this week to testify before a closed session of Congress, which he turned down. He said no to, but that he would he do it. He has now been invited to testify on an open yes. session, which it sounds like he's. that was the reason he turned the other one down, is that if he testifies, he wants it to be on the public record. And, I mean, you he's, think, he's, he's pissed. So he's pissed. Yeah, oh, that, that is must-see TV. And when you think about Comey as an individual, he cares about his reputation. I, you're, as you said, Phil, he's got to be livid about all of this. There's no reason why he keeps any of it secret. There are probably multiple memos uh, you know, documenting all sorts of bizarre behavior out of Trump. And if it comes down to Comey's word versus Trump, I think Comey wins that in a landslide. I mean, Trump, is he, he's, he lies all the time. Yeah. And there's no real evidence of Comey being overly partisan one way or the other. Uh, he's fairly transparent. This, this has got to have them panicked. The administration, that is. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they have 50 million things to panic about right now. It's just... But this, throw this one on top of the fire. Yeah, but this is obstruction of, of justice, right? Oh, that's, yeah. That's, no, I'm not saying this isn't the yeah. worst. This is the flaming shit heap on top of the shit yeah. pile. <laughs> well, the fact the fact that you went after this, this story that the Comey memo exists, after this was released, you went 
24 plus hours without a response from the White House. Like yeah. Fox News was apparently trying to get top Republicans on last night to talk about it and they couldn't get anyone on to talk about it. Like I, it, it sounds like they're reeling, right? That this is, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's going to come to anything, but they're, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's shaken the, the administration. It sounds like uh, Trump is pissed about it. Well, apparently, the, the, again, the leaking of stories, he was running around the White House last night, dropping F-bombs and cursing, and he was mad. You know? and, and what had to make him even worse is that the, while that's happening, you know, an hour later, it's out on Twitter that this is going on. Right. All right, so so the, the Comey memo, what it brings up is obstruction of justice, that Trump, uh, at a very early stage, was trying to intervene in the investigation into Flynn. Is, do we think his comment was something to the effect that you know, can't you move on? Do you really need to keep looking into this? I hope you can drop this. Oh, I hope you can drop it, right. Yeah. Is is that truly obstruction of justice, given Trump's general ignorance of the law, what's appropriate? That's my question. Like, right. I, I mean, besides the fact that, again, there was he, he had cleared the room besides himself and, and Comey yeah. to make whatever statement that he was making, according to the memo. We have no idea what was actually said besides what's in this memo. And Trump just says shit and doesn't necessarily mean what he says. Or, you know, in the context of, you know, a highly sensitive conversation that a normal person would have within the confines of the Oval Office, he's probably not the best person to gauge what's right to say and what's but not. The, the interesting thing, I mean, I think the, the point you began with is the important thing, which is that when this meeting occurred... Pence, so the vice president, and I guess Jeff Sessions were in the room as well yes, yeah. when they were meeting. And as the meeting was sort of coming to an end, he asked Pence and Sessions to leave the room so mm -hmm. that it was just Trump and Comey in the room. Sure. And and which which is um, I so I I have this week there's been so much coverage of this I've I've seen several legal scholars talking about it and and that is in some ways the damning thing right like if that, they can that, prove. Intent. By, if they prove can prove intent, intent and if yeah. they can corroborate that story with so, Pence or Sessions. Right. So the intent is, um, so there, I think there's a couple of elements to this that matter. One of which is the ignorance thing doesn't matter, right? If he doesn't know what he's doing, all that matters is that he's trying to influence an investigation. So if that's, if, if he's trying to influence an investigation, it doesn't matter how stupid he is. Yeah. He's, he's violated the, the law. So he's... If, if that's what he's trying to do, which if the again, it does come down to what he said, he said. Now, the other thing is that the, I, my my understanding is that the same standard of like criminal prosecution is not in place here. If we wanted to send Donald Trump to jail for this, there would be a standard of criminal prosecution. But if you're talking impeachment on the grounds of obstruction of justice, then it's not as it's it's a little softer right it doesn't have to be this like beyond a reasonable doubt sort of that's true um, well and the other quite the other thing that'll be important is how much does trump know how much else is there to this flynn story and how much does trump know if 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 there's nothing other than a few little minor things with flynn some inappropriate conversations and maybe some lack of reporting that's one thing but if there's something to this flynn story which uh, there might be subpoenas and trump knows about that mm -hmm. 
Because, uh, you know, in his comment, he said something about, oh, he's a nice guy. And apparently the only thing that Comey said back was, yes, he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, let, let's, I mean, let's back up for a second, because we're talking about how, like, he said, he said, and what, you know, we don't, what if he didn't mean to? Right. The guy went on national TV with Lester Holt and said in an interview that I didn't fire James Comey based on the, the recommendation of Jeff Sessions and Rod, Rod? is it Rod? Rosen's... Ron? Ron? Who? Ron. Ron. The, the, yeah. the deputy attorney general, um, uh, Rod, Rod, that, yeah. So uh, that that um, Rosenstein and uh, Sessions that their recommendation was what not what led Trump to fire Comey. He says Trump says I was going to fire him anyway. I was planning to. I I I'm tired of the. I don't remember the exact wording, but basically he said it was because he wouldn't drop the Russia investigation. This, this Russian on, thing is a on, made up story, right? On national television, so I. Like I, while I think the Comey memo is huge, it's it's still a little bizarre to me that like everyone's now like, aha, obstruction of justice when the bastard on national TV a couple of days ago outed himself. Right? Yes. I don't, I don't. So I, I anyway, I, it, it's all sort of mind boggling. <laughs> I saw, um, I, so that made the uh, the uh, uh, I can't talk. Um, the uh, there was a really good article by. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was Max Boot, um, who I have a lot of respect for. He was writing in Foreign Policy this week. Max Boot, who's a lifelong Republican, who I guess this week announced that he's leaving the Republican Party. Um, He said, Donald Trump is not the first U.S. president to obstruct justice. This is in an article in Foreign Policy. But he is the first to boast about it in public. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, one again. Right. No, and again, I'm torn because when you think about the comparison to Nixon, and that's going to be inevitable, Nixon behind the scenes knew what was going on, and he was trying to manipulate the process to his advantage. Oh, yeah. And Trump is so incompetent, or at least appears to be so incompetent, that it's hard to know whether there is intent to manipulate the situation or whether it's total ignorance. Uh, and I think that does matter in terms of intent. But you're right. If, if, if he's trying to manipulate an election, or not an election guy, that's the Russians. Um, he's trying to manipulate an investigation. He's, he's in trouble. He's in deep water. I, the, the other thing about that private conversation where Trump asks Session and Pence to leave, I don't know if you saw this, but they, Trump begins the conversation by suggesting that the FBI should think about putting some journalists in jail for the leaks. <laughs> you know? yes. Well, I mean, come on. But you know, it, again, they're, they're getting all uppity and shit. But again, in a normal week, <laughs> threatening to jail, like nobody's even talking about the jailing reporters right. for reporting. That right. would be not for the leaking, story. But for, yes. Hey, he never said kill or anything like that. He said put him in jail. An American jail right. on top of it. There are a lot worse things. You know. As as excited as I am to see the memos or yeah, memo memos that Comey has written about these interactions, I would love to have been the fly on the wall for that first person that Comey talks to afterwards, right? Oh my god. Did you, <laughs> right. you, you won't believe what he said. Oh. He's sitting down. Okay, sit down. All right, so we talked about the, the mm. Lester Holt interview. Should we mm. talk about the tapes that Donald Trump may be taping, including James Comey? Yeah. That's, what, what, I mean, what, who, who does that? Well, he seems to think that Comey has the tapes. Isn't that what was implied by those No, moments? no, that he's taping. So the, the tweet, 
the threat was if Green is going to testify or say stuff, he better hope that I don't have. I basically better hope that I wasn't recording our conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, really? so the, the tweet. Uh, it was long? a. It was a morning of many tweets from Trump, but it was uh, quote James Comey better hope that there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. And then the next day, of course, the the press is asking about this, and Sean Spicer has repeatedly said. We have nothing else to say on this. And Donald Trump has said he will not comment further on it. Mm. Um, now, there is a history. Apparently, Donald Trump, in his business career, did this quite often. Yes, yes. Um, Someone told him what Nixon did. And right. And pulled the tape recorder out of storage. Right, right. So, I... Which, which, again, like, if we're talking about the sort of list of grievances to bring up against him. I mean, if we're talking about obstruction of justice, he's basically threatening witnesses yes, yes. on Twitter, right? Like, I, I mean, yes. I know I don't I don't doubt that threatening of witnesses happens all the time, but most of the time, people are smart enough not to do it on Twitter, right? Right to, to threaten on Twitter, and then if he is taping, to reveal that right. to say you know, it, it well, is. It, it, it's again that it's this is where you get back to the is he an idiot or is he brilliant thing, and I he's I not really uh, yeah, he's not. Sliding down that hill really fast, man. No, no, no. I, 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 I some, If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, I, some uh, one article I read this week was implying that, um, or was was putting forth the idea that that message, because it, it's a strange thing to send, because Comey knows what was said, right? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. right? Comey's probably not lying, in which case it's an empty threat against Comey. Yeah. But it's not an empty threat against other people who are in the White House or other people that he's dealing with. So if you're worried about leakers or stories coming out by sort of throwing out this idea that maybe I'm recording stuff, it you know it might have a chilling effect on other people, even if it doesn't have it on... Comey himself. But this is the thing. Like, and I, I would agree that Comey's, con- I, I mean, as a, uh, the director of the FBI and in general, as a, a, a civil servant, his um, conduct is generally thought of as being pretty exemplary. Yeah. So the second that a threat like that goes out, especially towards someone who headed the FBI and who was respected, if there is any intelligence that's within that organization or similar intelligence organizations, those things are going to leak like sieves. Oh, yeah. Just because they're right. not going to put up with that shit. Right. Especially if it sounds like the FBI in general, the staff, really liked him. And right. And is, is angry about how this played out. Right. So, and I, 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 I wonder whether Comey himself had given consent to, the, to allowing this memo to leak, right? Because it was one week to the exact hour... From How when he was not have. Right, exactly. Yeah. So this was a, a salvo back, like, Donald Trump, you fired me a week later. Right. Here's a memo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's more coming. Because uh, this was this came out of nowhere. The New York Times basically, like, this was just given to them. Uh, and yeah. There's, there's got to be more. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I For sure. Yeah. I think the New York Times story even said there are more, right? Or the yes. source, the source that it came from said that, that this is, you know one of many of these that, that there's basically a file of Comey concerns that were and once he there. once he's brought to testify there would be no reason to release those those are not going to be classified well no you can't you wouldn't be able to classify those those are his own personal notes uh, yeah there, when this happens and when that's all revealed it will be I mean it's as big as the Watergate it's big as Bill Clinton impeachment in terms of the the interest so go ahead Phil well, I mean, the, the the question of whether, I mean, 
whether it's Bill Clinton or whether it's Watergate, really comes down to whether people care, right? Yes, like, right. Uh, I mean, that's that's the ultimate question. As of two days ago, uh, despite Trump sharing super top secret Israeli intelligence with the <laughs> yes, Russians, which we need to get to, yeah, we'll, we'll get despite yeah. despite the firing of Comey, despite tweeting threats, despite all this stuff. There was no indication that the Republicans were going to turn on him at all, in which case it doesn't I, I don't know that it really I mean, it, it matters. It, 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 it slows down the Republican agenda. It prevents Trump from getting other things accomplished, but it's not necessarily going to be the end of him. So the question is now, as you start to see a few more sort of cracks in the Republican, um, you know, dam here, is the is it does it turn in? Does it? you know, collapse and, and do the Republicans turn on him? I, um, yeah. I, I would be, I would be, sh if things like this keep coming out and I have no doubt that they will, I would be shocked if it wasn't a, a full on revolt because they have at this point, they have less than three years to enact an agenda when they have complete control of every branch of government. And if they can't do it now with all of this shit going on, like how like, you have to, you have to plug the hole, don't you? I mean, nothing is getting done at this point. But the minute you move towards either, unless he steps away, which is a whole other conversation, which I think is... He won't. He won't. And so if you go to impeachment, I was just talking to uh, Suzanne Chott, super guest, who was saying that the Clinton impeachment, that was seven months? I think that's what she said? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a big chunk, right? That gets you almost. Yeah. And the Republicans have to be thinking at this point they are going to take it on the chin in midterms. Like this is going to be a classic, going to be an ugly election. So they've yeah. got to try. If I'm Mitch McConnell or I am Paul Ryan, I've got to try to hold it together, find a way to get tax uh, tax re reform through, find a way to try to get health care, right? Because the minute you go to something <sighs> like impeachment, everything's done, right? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Like, I mean, again, this is completely uncharted territory. And I, I think while I all of this stuff is, all of this is, is going on, there hasn't, there still hasn't been a lot of movement in, you know, yeah. uh, in, in popular support for him yeah. or popular opposition to him. His approval ratings among Republicans are still in the mid to upper 70s, right? right? And he's still, but, still very popular. Right. So yeah. even regardless of what you think could happen during the midterms, I don't know if it's going to be quite the shellacking that people think it's going to be. I, I kind of, I, yeah, I, I think it's, that's uh, undetermined at this point. Like I, there, there have been the polls do show support for Trump dropping, but it's not plummeting, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like this very gradual decline. There has been a big increase, like something like seventy percent of Americans want to see a special prosecutor or an independent investigation or whatever into Russia stuff. But yeah, there's still pretty widespread support. And throughout this week, um, I don't know if you saw, there were a lot, there were a number of people who were reporting on this that that CNN. MSNBC, major news networks, all covering this. Like, you know, this is the story of the That's week. Yeah. Fox else. News, Fox News, yep. nothing, <laughs> nothing. So if you're a Fox News viewer, if you sit at home and watch Fox News all day, you don't, you don't, you're not getting any of this. You're not hearing that Trump is embattled or possibly obstructing justice. They were running stories on the Clinton Foundation and on Clinton's impeachment and all sorts of other stuff this week. Mm -hmm. And again, from that perspective, 
you know, approval ratings are fairly high. There still is no evidence of collusion. Right. So if you're, you know, if you're if you're on that other side, you're thinking about this, like they've got nothing. This does feel there's a way to look at this to say this is a made up story. Uh, and Trump has been not legislatively been a, a success, successful, but in terms of deregulation, uh, in terms of immigration, in terms of cracking down on crime, there's a lot of things for conservatives to be happy about. Right. So and there's I, still enough evidence to suggest that the Democrats have been the roadblock for legislation that he's trying to push through. Absolutely. He can still use that argument. He can attack the media. He can attack the press. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a race to impeachment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but, see, I, I think that could turn really quickly. Sure. Like, I, we're not there yet, but depending on what Comey says, if he testifies next week, what other evidence comes out, I, you could see that swing, I, I think, really quickly. It, it doesn't take that many people to abandon the Republican Party before, if you're a Republican congressperson, you realize, you know, if, if, if support drops a little bit there, you know, or if, if the mood of the people swings quickly, I think change things change quickly. Well, right? right now, yeah. it's not in their incentive to impeach him, but that could, that you know, a week from now, that might be totally different. Yeah, you're already seeing it somewhat, very early signs in the markets. Dow was right. down, Dow what, was down over 300 points and... NASDAQ was down over 2%, something like that. Still up for the year, yeah. but people are getting paranoid that the deregulation and, and the, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I, I don't know, stances. Tax or, reform. Tax reform. Let's just, <laughs> let's just blurt stuff out. Umbrellas. Um, uh, that those promises that were going to be fulfilled under the Trump administration are in they're under severe threat right now because nothing can get done as long as this White House is still in chaos. Right. Yeah. Which, no, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's true. It's still. I think it's for the Republicans still better to keep him in office. But but you're right, Phil. There's a tipping point at which point, and it feels like it feels like that is in the air. Right. There is that potential. So unlike any other political experience <clears throat> I've ever gone through. Do you want to see it? Do yes. you want to see it? Yes. Is this weird macabre thing that yes. people just kind of want to see it happen? I, I want to see it. I want all of it, right? This is all, I keep telling my students, we're living through history and to right. pay attention to it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, you know, it, does that mean impeachment? Does that mean him trying to step down? All of it is really fascinating to watch. It's terrifying and fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think on on at the low end, you've got sort of an Iran-Contra scandal type thing where there are going to be hearings and investigations, even if... You know, even if it doesn't bring down a president or whatever, it's going to be a major political news story. At at the high end of it, you're talking about Watergate, right? Yeah. And so, it, it, either or beyond, way, or like, more. It, it, this is a this is a big yeah. It's going to be a big political story and is not going away anytime soon. Yeah. Well, should we, should we talk a little bit about the the Russian uh, intelligence leak? Yeah. That's that's. It's not a leak. Uh, what, what do we? It's not a leak, you're right? It's a it. Uh, it's technically confession? declassified information right, now, so it doesn't right, matter. Right. Whatever the healthy information was. So in this a chat. A chat, right. In this uh, it's closed door session, uh, Trump had with the foreign minister of Russia, Lavrov, and the Russian ambassador to the United States, Kislyak, he uh, shared information regarding an ISIS uh, plan in a particular city, right? That was the, it was the yeah, location. The ISIS plot to basically use laptops as bombs on transatlantic, transatlantic flights. But he also, I think, shared the city 
no. that this intelligence came from, which right. is what yes. gave away yes. who the source or didn't it possibly uh, um, endangered the source that we were getting this information from. Yeah. Right, which was the Israelis. Israel. Which, right. yeah. which wasn't we. Yeah it, it, yeah, it wasn't that we were getting it. Israel was getting the information from there, essentially, you know, whoever this, whoever their operative was. Um, and Trump, Trump basically spilled the beans about where the operative. <laughs> hey, did you guys was. hear about this? <laughs> yes. And Trump is so bad at that. And the Russians, Lavrov and Kislyak, are so good at it. Oh. And they had You're to be a Russian spy master classified yes. information. <laughs> and so all of it is fascinating. And then, so right after the meeting, apparently, somebody who was in the meeting quickly goes to the NSA and to the CIA to say, oh, by the way, this has happened, which causes a ripple. Uh, everybody realizes that this was a big deal. I, and I, my impression of it was that the, basically there, there were meetings or, or sort of notes of the meeting uh, that were written up, notes or minutes of the meeting, yep. that were sort of circulated after the meeting. And it was when people saw that that they were. So it wasn't necessarily somebody in the room leaked this. It was that somebody who saw these notes was like, holy shit, <laughs> yeah, right? you can't, right. you can't, yeah. can't yeah. do this. He, he can do it, but he can. He, right. So it technically can. Exactly. Well, actually, he, it's, it's, there's some question about whether he can. As the president, he can. He said it on Twitter but, that he can. It's okay, Phil. Right. So most <laughs> Did you not top read? secret. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he gets to if he he gets to decide what's top secret. So if he wants to share something, it's not top secret that he has the right to do that. <laughs> okay. But it, because this wasn't U.S. gathered intelligence, yeah, Israel supposedly Israel gave it to us, and they can give it with conditions and limitations. And so there's there's some. I, I, you know, I'm not gray. an expert yeah. on this, but it's <laughs> well, a, it's different than than just a U.S. asset that he decides to share. Yeah. Well, it's it's stupid because even if we say it's legal, totally legal, the Israelis are are not not going to be inclined to share this kind of information with us in the future. And it does sound like this information was significant in terms of addressing this particular threat. Uh, and so Israel has been concerned over a long period of time about their intelligence leaking out. And then when you directly tell the Russians. Israel has no incentive to the continue. The Russians to... who are close allies with Iran, who is Israel's number one enemy. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, and so the location, the city, apparently was that was a big deal. And both it was CNN and there was another network as well that apparently knows the city or knew the city. And even after Trump had revealed it to the Russians that they were still the U.S. government was still putting pressure on CNN and this other outlet to say, do not use that name. Like mm -hmm. if you use the name of that city. It compromises sources. It compromises. It could get people killed, right? So, right. so even after Trump is revealing this, and the the U.S. government is saying, "Oh, it's no big deal," they're putting pressure on media outlets to say it is a huge, huge deal. Right. It, this wasn't this wasn't just any run of the mill top secret information, no. right? Like it was. It, it was, had to have been a specific threat. Well, and it was so highly classified. Code word. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, there, there's something called Five Eyes, basically. Mm -hmm. So there's certain intelligence that we share with our top allies, which are the U.S. I mean, so U.K., Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. This didn't even meet that standard. Yeah. So we were, even though Israel supposedly, some people say it might be Jordan, but it's been reported that it's Israel shared this information. We were not allowed to share it with any of our top allies. And then Trump strolls into the Oval Office and just gabs about it to Russia. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
and, and so and there's there's no real good defense for that, right? I mean, they, they come out and they say it didn't happen. And McMaster, so this guy who was well-respected both among Democrats and Republicans, so bad. the new National Security Advisor, they send him in particular out because of that credibility to say didn't happen, you know, and, and it was a weird, awkward... He didn't use specific methodology Sources and methods weren't sources, compromised, yeah. which is not what the report said. It right, was, yeah. but regardless, if you're any sort of you know, person within the intelligence community, or, you know, three idiots like us having yeah. beers talking about this right. shit, you can figure out how that's going to be a problem. Yes. Right. And so, so okay, here's the question. So, it's it's not surprising they picked McMaster to do this because of his credibility, but does McMaster now take a hit for that, for the guy that goes out twice? Yes. Everybody's taking a hit at this point. But he's the guy that, I mean, his, his, his research, his dissertation was basically yeah. on the importance of... Of standing up to... Yes. <laughs> In the Vietnam, yeah. you know, that the mistake the generals made is they didn't push back against the president. And here he is going out twice, <coughs> uh, bless you, going out twice and saying that didn't happen. You know, these, these semantical denials. Uh, I, I don't. It's I, disconcerting. I, it is. And I'm surprised that he, he did that. And he was willing to have that play out. So here's the question I have on that. How have we not seen, I, and, you know, I've been the one saying it's only this many days in, two months, yeah. whatever, and, and, you know, so on and so forth. How has no one left the administration at this point? What are you talking about? There's a whole bunch that have been fired. <laughs> <laughs> How has no one voluntarily left the administration at this well, point? Well, it, this, is, this is early for, well, no, you're right. It's, it's, I, I, that's the thing. Given what's happened, right. I, I think it's, I mean, there, there are a couple of people who, so if we, if we went back to the early tapes of Trump, like of us talking about Trump putting together his cabinet, yeah. Most of them we were not particularly impressed by. Right? Like, <laughs> right, sure. so, so, I mean, an example of this is that it's, it was just announced before we came on here that Sheriff Clark, David Clark or whatever, the Milwaukee uh, sheriff, yeah. has been appointed as the Deputy Homeland, Sec uh, Homeland Security Homeland Secretary. Security, yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy's awful, yeah. right? Like he's, yeah. a, he's a terrible person. And, <laughs> and, but, but like, he's not going to leave, right? Like, there's no point that he's going to be like, oh, this has crossed a line for me. So, like, no, I'm not are, even saying because of a line. I'm just saying, you know, from having a, a, a nervous breakdown at this point. Uh, well, and you think about <laughs> that some lines, yeah. Yeah. like right. Sean Spicer. He, I'm shocked he still has hair at yeah. this point. <laughs> He should he should look well, like the Emperor in Star Wars by now. Rumors are he's next on the chopping block. Yeah, he's fired well, yeah, Kimberly so. Guilfoyle is supposed to take over for him. Uh, I think the ones that I'm watching are the McMasters, the Tillersons, the Mattis. Like, how long right. do they put up with it? Because yeah. Sean Spicer, he's really got nothing better to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he can I, go back to Fox News. I disagree. Really? What, what do you... Yeah. Anything like put yourself in his shoes. Like even if you are like even even if you're a total kiss ass, right? <laughs> and you just you like at some point you'd be like, I would rather be sitting on my couch and mowing my grass. He's a laughing this. stock now. He's got someone in drag riding up and down uh, New York City. In, 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 yes, yeah, in New yes. York City on a motorized podium, making fun of him. Yeah. How like how do you? I I just I but, don't understand that. Yeah. But it, it, it's an interesting phenomenon that this continues to happen because Pfizer, right before all this, was I my impression was fairly well liked, right? Like he was he was he was a you know part of, he was a what a Republican National Con Co Committee spokesperson or something. Oh, was he? Okay. But, like people, yeah. I mean, he was he was you know I, he wasn't like a shining star or anything, but most people seemed to think he was good at his job and 
and you know had a future and and you see like all these people who well, Kellyanne Conway who I can't handle but who again was began this whole election process by talking about how terrible Trump was like you have this like parade of people who were you know who had careers and they're like throwing them away on the altar of Trump like I don't understand why they continue to ruin their career and their own reputations when Trump like it's not just that they're like spinning stories for Trump they're spinning stories for Trump that Trump then the next day refutes yes, on yes, Twitter right. or our yeah. news, right? They it's don't know like what they're like, talking about. Yeah. Just talk to me. I mean, that happened right. twice this week. One with the firing of Comey, where they, they laid out a, if disingenuous, still a, a coherent argument for his firing, saying that both the acting attorney general and the attorney general made this recommendation, and Trump responds. And then the same thing with the intelligence uh, release, right. Like, right, that this was something that they supported, and then Trump undermines them. It's got to hurt credibility. Right. For some right. of them, I still think for Spicer, Kellyanne Conway, Miller, Bannon, these guys have nothing better to do. So they, they're they sunk, and so they'll stay. But the other crew, I, McMaster, I was shocked that he made that, and that he was such mm-hmm. the good soldier. Right. And sticking with that. And so I wonder, is is he just playing the role of the good soldier? Or has he bought into the argument? Is our, our Trump administration officials now feeling like the media is out to get them? Are they drinking the Kool-Aid and have they been now converted? I, uh, surely, I mean, he, like, surely he wouldn't be converted that easily, right? Like, if if his reputation was really that solid before going in, then it should take more than a month before you're, like, totally absorbed by... But he came out and he said, I was there, it didn't happen, right? I mean, for me, that that's like, it's not... I mean, he had the semantical thing where he was jumping around the... The non-denial denial. But then when he says, I was there, it didn't happen. Like right. People quit jobs in real life because of that shit. Yeah. Right. 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 So, you know, it's a, it's a great question. Well, and, and apparently he had con- they had they had consulted a lawyer regarding the language that was used, right? So if it oh, seemed very specific uh, and legalese in his, like, non-denial denial, it was because that was the in- intention, right? Yeah. They were... And they still don't have a good explanation for it. I mean, it happened other than Trump coming out and saying it's you know this is what I'm going to do. Right. And the 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 interesting or sort of insulting or funny part of it, depending on which side you're coming at it from. Insulting or funny? That, <laughs> no, for for uh, for Trump, that that people around Trump who have been talking to media about this sharing of uh, intelligence with the Russians, uh, some of them have basically said that the reason that Trump didn't share like sources and methods was if, if anything, it wasn't basically it was big because he doesn't know, like he doesn't pay attention to briefings. Like he's not aware enough or informed okay. enough to actually share that stuff anyway. What, what was, um, what was the thing that I sent you guys? I, I can't even remember the quote. <laughs> there was, well, and I, while you look for that, I'll say there was, there was a story this week where they said that in private, administration officials concede they could not publicly articulate their most compelling and honest defense of the president. That Mr. Trump, a hasty and indifferent reader of printed briefing materials, simply does not possess the interest or knowledge of the granular details of intelligence. Of, so he's not paying attention. Yeah. And so he right. didn't even realize that. Uh, yes. Yeah. National Security Council officials have strategically included Trump's name in, quote, as many paragraphs as we can as we can because he keeps reading if he's mentioned, end quote. 
according to one source who relayed conversations he had with NSC officials. I mean, that's terrifying. That's terrifying that security officials are saying, we've got to find ways of keeping the president interested by, by his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, I... There's more beer, beer, yeah. (laughs) I think it's Dan Dresner, who's a a well-known international relations guy on Twitter, who has this running thing that he's been doing since the beginning of the Trump administration. (laughs) Have you seen this? He he basically says, he has something about, I'll believe that Trump has grown into the presidency when those around him quit talking about him like he's a toddler. (laughs) So what he does is he finds these quotes in all of these New York Times, Wall Street Journal articles where people talk about like he can't be left alone at night yes. or like he's not smart enough to make right. these decisions and and it started off as like you know he had done that two or three times early on and now there must he's he's got i don't know probably 50 of them that he's tweeted <laughs> yes. out now of just over and over the people around trump sort of frustrated with their inability to or his inability to have any sort of impulse control or yeah well that's that's why this feels like a nonpartisan president in the sense that it's not necessarily about the policy. I mean, week to week, we don't, we're not debating. Well, sometimes we are, but we're not really very, very rarely, rarely right. The, yeah. the issues themselves. And that would be fun to debate issues. We're debating the dumbass things he's done. No, particularly. it's entertainment tonight. Every yeah. fucking week. Right. And well, then, it, go ahead, Phil. Well, and that's, so if we get back to like, will, will the Republican party essentially just, you know, um, cut it off would they impeach him even if you if you're thinking about it not from like a noble we have to defend the republic and the rule of law and all that stuff if you just think about it from you want to get your agenda passed at some point that's that's why you get rid of them because yeah again it's there's so much chaos that nothing nothing yeah yeah nothing (laughs) it's just crazy well and and the other thing is of of all the stuff so like the comey obstruction of justice issue that's that's interesting and it's important but it's not a national security issue the way releasing this information is, right? Mm-hmm. It's possible that Israel could lose its source. It's possible. It is possible that individuals could be harmed or, or killed because of this, right? This sure. is not him joking around anymore. Now we're talking right. about ISIS and information. I, I, I don't know. This To me, this and, one feels different than all the other garbage we've looked at. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, I don't know if that's... Yeah, this was as big a story to me as the Comey stuff because yeah. I, oh, yeah. we we have an, an incredibly impressive intelligence gathering apparatus in the United States, but we're also heavily so. dependent, yeah, heavily dependent on our allies who provide us with intelligence as well. And there are reports of our allies already starting to debate how much information they should share with us. Should that you know that that. All right, you know, let's you, calm you, the you, fuck down. It was one thing, all right? Like, it, was a, it was a big deal. You know, no, I'm not saying it's thing. not a big deal. But if you think that for one second that these organizations, that these intelligence organizations worldwide are all of a sudden going to stop giving us information based on this one particular instance, instance yeah. Wow, you can't talk. Um, <laughs> two beers. Two beers. It's really hot in here. It is. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's naive. Like, it's... it's and I have no doubt there are people in the intelligence community talking to their sources going, he's a fucking idiot. And if you think that you you know, you know have the <clears throat> ability to cut us out of the loop in situations like this, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's just dumb. And I understand that there there's, you know, you have to have good optics on it and, and you know, at least appear to care about, you know, your human intelligence sources and whatnot. I get that. 
but it's not as as black and white as well. He said something. No, maybe we just no, no, we I, don't like I, you I, anymore. We're gonna pull. We're gonna go to our treehouse. <laughs> but I'm I'm not. Nobody's claiming that though, right? Like that, that. I'm not saying that allies aren't going to share any information with us. But if you're the, I'm not saying any information. If yeah. you're if you're Israeli or Jordanian intelligence or British intelligence or whatever, <clears throat> and you have a key piece of information about something that would be relevant to the United States, and you're trying to decide whether to share it with the United States or not, then um, that I'm not saying that you just never, that they won't ever share anything with us. Before, oh yeah, no, that, I'm not saying that either. This is, this is something that goes through intelligence. I mean, it, you have to think, I mean, if we, so think about a US ally, let's say uh, Israel, right? We are providing information to Israel. We're uh -huh. providing key intelligence to Israel. If we found out that Israel, the you know Israeli leadership just went and like I don't know, handed it off to the Syrian, <laughs> to the Syrian regime, um, okay. it would make us reconsider how we dealt with intelligence so, when we we're talking to Israel. Let's say I don't know off the top of my head, like if that happened with uh, yeah, Saudi Arabia. Or uh, yeah, like Pakistan, something like that. Somewhere around uh, between you know uh, August and October of two thousand one. Did that? If, well, if what what happened <laughs> prior to nine eleven? Prior to nine eleven. Well, it's what? I, I think they would no. But what do you what do you? I mean, what do you? That they still would have shared the information. I'm saying they didn't share information oh, with us. Well, I, states right, are still which is why it's important to make sure that allies can share information with us. But we're supposed to be allies. That's my point. But states are still going to be self-interested. So Israel is going right. to think, does sharing this information with the United States help Israel? And, and they may think, like, okay, is this good for the United States as well? But it's still going to be, first, those individual countries. And I mean, okay, and there's there's two levels it's happening mm -hmm. at. One level it's happening, do states share that information with the United States? It's also happening within the U.S. government where they're saying, do we share this information with Trump or do we keep this quiet? Oh, and, I don't think they share any and information maybe not, with Trump going Maybe not put his name in this paragraph so he doesn't know what's going on, right? right? And, that's, yeah. and McMaster himself even admitted that in his statement. He said that Trump, I can't remember the exact quote, but Trump didn't appreciate or didn't understand where the sourcing of this was. Mm -hmm. The National Security Advisor is saying that the President of the United States didn't understand where this information came from, right? It's, it's a totally unique situation we find ourselves I in. I suppose it is. I gotta yes. crack another beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that I, that I the, the point that I wanted to get at, Nick, is that intelligence sharing is not all or nothing, right? So it's Correct. when Israel is sharing information with us, maybe they have a hundred pieces of intelligence to give us. And maybe they only give us 99 because that one piece of intelligence, they're worried about it, you know, ending up in Russian hands or whatever. Right. And we're worse off then because that's less intelligence than we that we have so, yeah, than right. we would have had otherwise. That's a fair point. So I guess the point that I was trying to make very, very poorly and dry mouthedly and, and sweaty, <laughs> sweatily, sweatily um, was that those pieces of information that weren't shared with us historically have come back and bit those countries in the ass because we ended up, you know, invading an entire region and starting two wars that we don't need to be in at this point and completely, pretty much, we pretty much threatened the intelligence community in Pakistan and Saudi Arabia to either get on board or right. something that may very be the unpleasant case. was going to happen. But it's hard to argue that what Trump did 
helped any of that. No, right? I, yeah, 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 I'm definitely right. not I mean, it's saying not, it's that. It's not better by but, yeah. by any means. Am I saying that? Yeah. Right. So now, so after this debacle with Russia and ISIS and all of that, he's now going to go on his trip overseas. Hey. Predictions on how well it's going to go? <laughs> he's going to go visit Erdberg. Huh? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So, so he's well, Trump he's is, stopping in Saudi Arabia. He's stop. He's going to visit Israel, Saudi Arabia. Who else is on the list? The Vatican. The Vatican. The Vatican. Is it just those three? Yep. Uh, was it just? Uh, okay. Yeah, because I saw somebody made a joke, made a comment about how Trump heard a joke about a a, a, a rabbi, a, a priest. <laughs> hey, did you hear that oh, one? Jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> so so um, I, I I find it interesting that he's stopping in Saudi Arabia, who he lambasted to no end during the campaign. Yeah. And is now touting as our most staunch ally in the Middle East. He never realized Saudi Arabia was so complicated. And well, so it's important. very complicated, yeah. yes. This, this trip worries me. Yes. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's... Especially on the heels of this last week, right? If you if you didn't already have concerns about impulse control and all sorts of yes. other stuff, right? And, and concerns about, like, a, a sort of superficial level of awareness of intelligence and, you know, decorum and whatnot... Um, I mean, even so, I know that that's what's appealing to about him to some people that he just you know screw it he's going to be himself. But these are delicate relationships, yes. right? Saudi yes. Arabia, um, Israel, and the Vatican. But Vatican's um, easy. Yeah. Yeah, Vatican's easy. Hey, a lot of those Catholics put him in office are, are big and and all the reports are that Trump is dreading it that he's not looking forward to this trip what, what that he's stressed out go. about it cuz he can't sleep in his own bed <laughs> that's that's one of the issues i did find that interesting in all the campaign i never realized that during the campaign he would always try to if possible fly back home so he could sleep in his own bed even if it meant it wasn't much sleep because that you know being home is great and being in saudi arabia is not going to be great <laughs> Um, he's not taking any national security like, officials with him for advice on these things. Wait, 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 what? Yes. He's not, he's not taking... What? Nobody from the National Security Council, yeah. All right, well, I guess it means banning. That's... Yeah. And, and he's planning... So uh, so while he's in Saudi Arabia, the, um, the Sudanese president has been invited to come speak... What? Come meet with him. Yes, a, a, a wanted war criminal has been invited... <laughs> To to uh, powwow with the president and the the leader, the royalty of Saudi Arabia. He seems like and, a good guy. And, <laughs> and Donald Trump is planning to give a speech on Islam, written by Stephen Miller. Oh, oh that's bad. That's bad. That is funny to me now, but it is terrifying. <laughs> we have to live the prospect broadcast of at least one of these things. things. That the first trip abroad by any president is always awkward and difficult i mean these these are not like you said phil this is not an easy thing to do and even though he's doing the i mean if you're going to go to the vatican saudi arabia and israel that's an easy that is remedial foreign trip it's still going to be delicate and the fact that he's doing a speech like that this it could go so wrong it's gonna be so stephen miller <laughs> yeah <laughs> stephen miller is the guy who wrote the or at least large parts of the inauguration speech, right? Yeah. The, uh, the fire and brimstone. Right. Like, right. <laughs> and, and who is not one who is open to religious diversity and tolerance, right? I mean, he is... He's, he hates he's, Muslims, is what right, you're trying to say. Exactly, wow. yes. <laughs> no, th this, this could go so, so bad. 
Given how bad the interaction with the president of Turkey, Erdogan, went yesterday. Erdogan. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. What are you talking about? It went beautifully. It went well. Yes. Yeah, so, we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, this, this is a major hurdle for him. And the fact that they're not bringing staff to help him, just with translations and all of that, it's going to be... Um, so who is he bringing? Jared. Okay. Yeah, that's all you need. Is, bring, Jared. is Jared coming? I don't know, but I'm sure he's Jared. Gonna, yeah, me out. Jared <laughs> loves he loves a good flight. He loves getting out and away. You know, <laughs> they've got skiing there. He's happy. I don't know. He's so, on the outs though. Is yeah, that, there are other that? elements of this trip that are worth noting. Like that this is pretty late in the presidency to be taking his first international trip. Is that is yes. right? Isn't yes. that yeah. the case? And the last six or eight presidents have all taken their first trip either to Canada or Mexico. Um, they usually use it as like a chance to sort of signify this is our you know one of our key yes. allies well, or sure trading partners. Not so going to go to Mexico. <laughs> it's telling, right? Right. And so it's it's interesting that he's chosen Saudi Arabia for his first mm. international trip, especially like you were talking about Nick that he was so critical of. Oh yeah. Um, but but he he's unlikely to face much in terms of protest or demonstrations in Saudi Arabia, and so that's um, entered into his. Uh, calculations i guess and i will say for both actually for all three places but israel and saudi arabia in particular the protocol will be well established i mean they will they will have thought about how to deal with trump and to be prepared for the awkwardness so they will they'll probably put him up in one of his own hotels right right they will manage (laughs) manage it better than other places would will the israel trip be like weird or tense now i mean i know that he's very He's beloved by uh, the Israeli leadership, but he just leaked their secrets, right? They're not happy about that. Right. I, I think it'll be pretty telling. The Israelis are strategic in that sense. Like, they will realize that while Trump is is problematic in terms of releasing the, the secrets, he's also really supportive. And, right. Uh, yeah, and then they get that. I mean, Netanyahu hated Obama. I mean, right. hated right. Obama. So right. this will be a dramatic upgrade for, for Israel in terms of oh, that perspective. <laughs> Although part of what Netanyahu liked was uh, um, Trump's promise to move the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, right. which Trump has now backed off of, I guess, just within the last week or so officially. And so when you combine that with there was also some fracas about the the Western Wall and whether that like anyway. There have been a couple of sort of Israeli uh, bumps in the road for Trump in the last Just couple of weeks. Tad. Well, wait until he, this next week he may say, like, we're moving the embassy. I mean, that, that's that's entirely that's true, possible. Yeah. That's true. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, should probably do beers. Let's we gotta do, it. do these. I feel like we got to do these more strategically throughout the podcast going forward. Next week. People in, yeah, we'll, yeah do we'll do that next week. Yeah. yeah, we can't really go back in time. Phil, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, so everything else was crazy this week, so I, I wanted to go simple, and so... I had two of the same beer. I had Lagunitas 12th of Never Ale, which I really like. And I thought, ah! Phil just dumped threw, it on I his threw lap. threw at myself. <laughs> I, I thought, in the, in the craziness of this week, I'm just going to get two beers that I know I like. And I, and I did. I enjoyed them. So we, uh, Nick and I, split a couple bombers to start. Uh, the first one we had was from the brewery Pipeworks. Uh, we had a rollout IPA. Uh, it is a. Uh, it's described as a crisp IPA with the super tropical uh, super. cashmere hops from the Hophead Farms. And the reason I bought this <laughs> this beer is through the description. It says this is a quality crusher for your. Sm- oh, I can't even read that. It's too small. But at the end, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it says. The end. It says Nick. Oh my God. 
Oh, it says hi, Phil. That's why I bought this beer. At the end of the description, it says hi, Phil. That's bizarre. That's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and the beer itself, I thought I thought was tasty. It, it was a light and crisp IPA. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, not. I actually wouldn't have thought it was an IPA, but I, it was. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, second one we had was from Salamoth, which we always tout. It's a yeah. local brewery. Uh, around the Naperville, uh, Illinois area, um, it was the uh, Pain Cave, Pain Cave, uh, American Double India Pale Ale, um, crisp citrus hop aroma and firm bitterness, balanced by light caramel, malt sweetness, and medium body. Um, I'm becoming a big fan of, of uh, double IPAs. Like I, I, I don't know why people have a problem with them. Phil, I mean, don't, why, don't, why do people have a problem don't, with them? Don't don't drink a double IPA when you're on shingles medication. <laughs> oh, God. Well, public service enough. No, I liked it as well. It is definitely like the it was it was caramely. You could yeah, it was it was definitely it was yeah. definitely sweeter than the last one. Yeah, um, but not overly hoppy. It didn't have a weird kind of grassy taste to it, yeah. which um, happens occasionally with lesser uh, breweries. But um, and that label is great. The label's awesome. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um. Oath. Yeah. Real. Real good. good. All right, and then I, I started a third beer, which, you know, is rare, but um, this one is from New, <laughs> New Glarus up in Wisconsin. It is, uh, and it's called Totally Naked, uh, which I felt, you know, I thought that was relevant for this week, because the U.S. government felt a little totally naked, but sure. um, it is, uh, what's the description here? It's more of, it's like a Pilsner, uh, crisp, light, uh, it is a great beer if you were mowing the lawn and wanted to be outside. Yeah, great, and New Glarus in general of Spotted Cow is a great brewery. Indeed. Um, I also had a third beer. This is going to take a while, apparently. Um, it was from uh, Victory Brewing? Brewery? Brewery? Um, 21st Birthday IPA. Happy oh. um, it, it was good. Yeah. Um, it's... Hang on. Um... A little, it tastes a, like birthday cake? It does not, unfortunately, taste like birthday cake, unless you like your birthday cake to taste like grass. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's not bad. There's um, It's it's pretty hoppy uh, for a standard IPA. Not my favorite, but it's not terrible. Hold on, Bill's going to try it. Bill's going to take a sip. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, was, um, it wasn't bad. I, I probably wouldn't get it again. See, that's the kind of beer... I would get really, yeah. Why? You know, because it is Explain. it is uh, just a, a it is a bit more hoppy than a normal IPA. Yeah, but it's still crisp. <clears throat> it's like a hoppy. I'm gonna take another sip, Nick. Okay. Yeah. Mm. You don't have shingles. Uh, just a little. <laughs> uh, no, that's good. I I, I say that's a Fine, solid. Whatever. You solid don't IPA. have your shitty opinion, and I'll just keep mine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, we're kind of in the process of winding down. Um, what do we want? Do we want to talk real quickly? Talk turkey and the melee that took place. Uh, Oh yeah, yes. Phil, Phil, do you want to describe what happened? Because you shared this with me. Yeah, it was it was mind boggling to me. So apparently, so the the Turkish uh, leader Erdogan, who Trump in the press conference you're referring to as Erdogan. Erdogan is that what he was? Yeah, he likes a hard G. Erdogan. Again, the sort of thing where having 
a fully staffed State Department would be helpful because someone could tell you before you go into the room. Here's I mean, that, that, how you pronounce you his name. You need a fully staffed State Department. You need an intern say, "Hey, you know, I heard on yeah. news reports we're saying Erdogan." No, this, all, all you really right. need to do is Google Erdogan right. pronunciation. Right. Google you Translate. Go press conference. Right. right. This Google is Google Voice. Whatever it is. It's a big deal when Erdogan is right next to you and you're, you know. It, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. All right, go ahead. <laughs> First of all, Erdogan is, has been systematically sort of breaking down democracy in Turkey over the period of uh, a number of years. And so there were a lot of people who were upset about Trump hosting him and, you know, praising him and whatnot during this meeting. But I guess either during or shortly after their meeting, uh, Erdogan's like personal security like went out into the streets of DC where there were Kurdish protesters protesting in front of the Turkish embassy and proceeded to just beat the shit out of them. Like it was like an all out brawl and the DC police were trying to break it up. And you have all these weird aspects of diplomatic immunity playing into right. it. And it was bizarre. I didn't believe it when I first saw the videos, but apparently this has happened before. I, I saw today on Twitter, people tweeting stories from two years ago when Erdogan was here and a very similar thing happened. It, it's mind-boggling to me that that can occur. When you sent me that video yesterday, I couldn't believe it was in Washington D.C. Oh, it, it felt like it was back in <laughs> Turkey because the, the and it was yes, yeah, security officials from Turkey that were part of this. It was not just a pushback. I mean, they were like kicking and punching, and I think there were some billy sticks. I mean, it was it was a brutal crackdown in the United States. Man. Nah, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody in, in D.C. deserves a beating every now and then, but just having wow. lived there, hey, just having lived there, sorry, like, oh. the protest shit is out of control, and sometimes you just need to club somebody over the head with something. But I can't but, imagine, like, the Brits doing that, like, you know, going after, like, the the Irish, or, you know, I mean, no, it's, like, absurd. I, no, I, I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. Like, it's, it, as much as I, I despise, and, and it wasn't purely, you know... Kurdish protesters or, you know, Kurdish diaspora, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it draw, those protests draw in a lot of different elements and it's anti-Trump and it's Kurds and various other political elements yeah. and it's, it turns out to be just a mess. Just, again, having experienced it for myself, it, you know, sometimes, you know, you get a little chuckle out of it, you know, for, for the first what? few seconds. What? For the first few seconds. What? No, Nick, for the first that's few terrible. Seconds. Hear me out. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Viewer, viewers, go watch the tape <laughs> and then tweet angrily at Hold Nick. On. <laughs> no, yes, give him I five seconds. No. Anything that Nick is saying. No. <laughs> Just suspend your, your anger for five seconds and then go... Oh well, now this is out of control. It went yeah. way past five seconds. It, I just don't even it was. It was. It is no, scary. It, yeah, it, yeah, it got completely out of hand. And the thing <laughs> that, that is particularly like remarkable to me is that it was foreign, like a foreign government and foreign employee. Like it, it like it would have been like to see that sort of, you know, going at it in a protest is one thing, and it, it would be sort of surprising, but. For a, for a foreign leader to bring yes. their staff and for their staff in the United States to go out and beat the shit out of protesters in the U.S. And not a word from the Trump administration or from anyone about, like, yeah, no you would have never heard of it. No. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was a non-story. Um, That's the thing. Like, and again, like, it, it, the D.C. Metro Police, like, they have to deal with 
so many co uh, components and, and different angles that no other um, police force in the country, save for maybe New York City, has to deal with on a daily basis. And right. you just, like, where's where's the line? Like, literally, do you have to go, well, they're still technically on sovereign soil, but, you know, if they're over here, and like, it's just, it's a complete disaster. And I, I, like, I can't fault them for the response that they did. It's it's just such a mess. And if they did do that, then they're, you know, assaulting people from, you know, a sovereign nation yeah. that are I, may possibly be on sovereign territory. I, I think the D.C. police did a remarkable yeah. job in the process. The, the thing that makes this weird is that or, or difficult is that, I mean, you, the U.S. has options, right? They can they can expel all of these people, right? Yeah. They don't they can say that all of these people are not well. You know, they can go through the list of whoever was involved in this beating of protesters and say you're not welcome in the united states you can revoke you know diplomatic um uh protections um but turkey is a nato ally right like this is like it's a it, it's a weird thing as as turkey sort of devolves into more and more of an authoritarian type of state um yeah i mean it's the, with, with a, another regime that did this you could you know, not invite them back to the White House. You could do. I mean, there's lots of stuff you could do, but with a tur with NATO ally, it's 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 tough. You could certainly condemn it, right? Like yes. if nothing else, even if you just know that this is going to happen, and they show up, you still go out and you make a statement about how you support free speech, right? And, yeah, and you you tell them like Erdogan, like when you come again, like don't bring this group, right? He can't do it though. The only friends he has in the international community right now are autocratic dictators. Yeah, that's true. He has. Erdogan, Erd Erdogan, Erdogan. Um, Duterte, apparently, um, and I, for the life of me, can't remember which. When you brought up Sud uh, Sudan, uh, um, Charles Assad. Oh no, no, that's, no, that's Syria. But what's his name? It's Syrian Bashir. Yeah, right? Omar al Bashir. Yeah, yes, Omar al Bashir. Yeah, yeah but and uh, it's, uh, it's just such a mess. He's he's got to make friends with with democracy. It's, <laughs> it's really remarkable that he. <laughs> And North Korea aren't getting along better. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Now. Let's wait a week. Yeah. Let's wait a week. Um, oh, should we? Uh, so plug the Twitter page and yeah, if you want, we're yeah. we're short, but yeah. Oh, do we, we got more time? I, if you want, what, we could cut it short. What else do we need to talk about? <sighs> I don't know. I feel like we've we've done good. Really? Yeah. All right. You got something? I got something. Okay, let's do it. And, and just because. The, the last debate that we had in the uh, the uh, the last episode, I felt, went in a fairly good direction. Yeah. So, I've been seeing a lot about the um, the unrest down in New Orleans and the uh, the taking down of uh, Confederate monuments and yes. memorials throughout yeah. the city. At night. At night. Yeah. Um, you know, with contractors in full masks and, you know, keeping protesters away yeah. and... and Whatnot. Which the government has said they're coming down. They just haven't released the dates, like so because they don't want. They've taken incidents. down three out of the four. Yeah, uh, in the dead of night, while pushing uh, pro Confederate quote unquote um, supporters out of the yeah. the uh, the area. How do you feel about that? Phil is a southern. Yeah. Uh, I, well, there's multiple parts that I can feel about. How do I feel about the removal of Confederate? Monuments, or how do I feel about the keeping of protesters at a distance? Uh, let's go with the former and then go with the latter. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it confused me when I said yeah. it. Uh, it's, it, it will be a controversial opinion with other Southerners that I know, but I have no problem getting rid of Confederate monuments. Um, it's a strange thing. Uh, you know, somebody, I, some, somebody made the analogy of like, uh, that Germany has, you'll find lots of memorials to the Holocaust and no statues of Hitler. Um, and I, I realized that the South is not, I'm not trying to draw an analogy to Hitler, but, but it, there's this, you know, it's a strange thing to, it, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic in general that you had the South who seceded and wanted to leave the country and was defeated and the, there's like this weird mix of like ultra patriotism with reverence for the Confederacy at the same time. And I don't know, I think you can you can still honor your history or focus on your history without it being memorials to people who were fighting to keep slavery a legal system. Like, I don't I don't have a problem taking down those statues at all. Mm-hmm. I see it as it's up to the community. I, I you know, the, the mayor is responding to. The public will, supposedly. Right, well, and I would, uh, I don't know, I haven't seen polling on it, but I'm guessing... Uh... So the hubbub on the, yeah, not yeah. to interrupt you, yeah. so the, the thought on this, and it's borderline conspiracy theory to probably not conspiracy theory, is that <laughs> it's the, the same contracting group that um, is taking down these monuments, because no one wants anything to do with it, and they are all... Uh, related to a company owned by a person who is a friend of Landrew, the um, Landrew, Landrew, um, who is the mayor of New Orleans, yeah. who yeah. is uh, opening up a, um, I believe it's a, a slavery museum somewhere in New yeah. Orleans where he's going to take these monuments and put them in mm-hmm. there yeah. as opposed to keeping them out in the public. It's, it's, from what I understand, at least from my perspective, is that this is relatively, if, if you look at the broad population of Louisiana and the South and New Orleans in general, the taking down, um, especially in the dead of night, in very kind of clandestine ways, is not super popular with the population. I... I think the taking down in dead of night is like a safety issue, right? Yeah. Like, I right. think they're I concerned that's, that's about people... Like, a safety for who? the people having to take down the statue. Yeah. But it's not the people who are saying that the statues shouldn't be taken down that are the problem. What? It, there hasn't been any there hasn't been any overt threat by the people who are supporting keeping the statues there. Oh, I think against the been. contractors. <laughs> really? Yeah. How so? Have <laughs> Go for, no, I, no, literally, I, I want to know. Like I honestly haven't I, I, have I haven't heard Maybe that. for next week I could find quote. I would be shocked if there weren't people making threats about people about against the people taking down monuments. I'm in fact, I'm almost certain that I've read articles this about people threatening the workers who are there to take down the statues. And it seems like a logistical issue. If you're going to take them down, you, you can make that choice to do it at night when it decreases the chance of an incident, right? I mean, if you do it during the day, there might be an incident at night. It's going to be less. So sure. Um, I, again, I, this this is less. I nobody. I don't know. I, I I see this as a relatively non-issue. This is up to the communities. They're doing that. Um, the community knows about it. It's not like the mayor has hid this. He's been open about it, and there's not a lot of pushback at, against him. He's been saying, yeah, that yeah. they're gonna do this, and you know, it's not about the past. It's about our bright future and whatnot. The fact that they've 
done it so quickly and it, it, it but there it, has at least there's, ahead, a, there's enough time where if the community was upset about the New Orleans community was upset about this there could have been an uproar and a pushback but there hasn't been there was I mean yeah. they they did file a lawsuit and uh, the whatever judge who was in charge of it didn't uh, uphold the uh, the injunction yeah. whatever to stop the go ahead no 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 go ahead um, no it, realistically I bring this up because it's at least from my perspective it and is someone who you know I'm a political science and a history nerd like it's it comes off as a, a a rewriting of history like I understand there were horrible aspects of of the Civil War and the the hundreds economic of years system. of slavery yes also that <laughs> but I I also don't think that that was the only reason that people fought in the Civil War and joined the Confederacy and it would seem to me that there's I get it. Oh, Phil, uh, what? There's, you know, there's. When they seceded, the document that they signed to secede to form the Confederate States specifically states it's about slavery. In Texas, are there monuments to the Confederacy? Uh huh. Yeah, in the town I, in Sherman, the town that I lived in before here, there was a Confederate War Memorial on the on the courthouse lawn or whatever so, so yeah. it's not as if these are all going away the south can still do this but one community has decided they want to move in the way Again, i'm okay with supposedly that supposedly the community has decided that uh, more we'll do phil's gonna look into it <laughs> no it's it's an interesting it is an interesting debate right yeah. so like i'm not trying to make this complicated of, or, or make it something to you know be be shitty about i'm honestly curious about yeah. your opinions no it's interesting like so i mean there are when you go to uh you can find um, you know, there are German cemeteries, right? There were, you know, German war from World War II, where there are German soldiers that are buried and it's very dark and, and whatnot, but it's still there. It's still honor. I mean, it's part of history. And so like, I, there's, there's an interesting, this debate of, you know, the, the Confederate memorial in Sherman, if I remember correctly, it like lists people who were, it, it was sort of an honor of the people who have died. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing, right? Because they are they are people who who are you know they're soldiers who died who fought for their state they fought against their country which is a weird strange thing in some ways so i yeah i don't know how you honor that without honoring the cause um it's an interesting now the where you take so in new orleans one of the people is uh what jefferson davis right Yes. The president of the of the Confederate States of America. And that's the last statue that has to come down. So, like, I what I I think when I when I really think about it, I I think about like why I, I, it's hard for me to get worked up about them taking it down, right? I can yeah. understand the argument for that he's a historic figure and whatnot, but if this, if there's not a statue of him in the center of New Orleans, then so what? Where's the I guess where's the dividing line? Like who decides what stays up and what, you know, comes down at this point? The community, right? Yeah, but so it should, should it be the community? Yes, so, yes. Yeah, so, so what? If, what if a community in in Louisiana wants to erect a massive statue honoring the KKK on the courthouse line? Right. Are you okay with that, Bill? Yeah. Yeah, Bill. Mm. <laughs> so it's not it's not purely. I mean, it is the community to some extent, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's a no, hard thing I, I to, think, to figure out. No, I I think that I think the if the community wanted to do that, they have the right to do that, right? And it would be and they would do be. Do they have the right to do that? Though? Well, I'm I'm trying to think about who would tell them no. 
I mean, I think it would be a terrible choice. It's not something I would do. But if we're going to say, if, if Sherman, Texas wants to remember that and, and Louisiana doesn't, and it's a, it's, we're talking about history here, that's, that's up to the local community to make those decisions. I don't think that's an issue for the federal government uh, in terms of monuments. Oh, so now you're a state's rights guy, huh? Oh, on, <laughs> on this issue, right? I mean, this is, this is a, this is a landscaping issue, right? You is know? it though? <laughs> no. I don't no. know. Okay, you just like, <laughs> you came very close to like describing like burning crosses on someone's lawn <laughs> as landscaping. No, that's di- that seems, that's different because there's a threat involved there, right? Um, but wouldn't be putting up a statue. I think that's the argument about the Confederate, you know, statues, the leaders in, in New Orleans, right? That there's that it's not as direct a threat, but there's this implication of racial superiority and all this other stuff, the history that goes with that. That's all caught up in that statue. Mm-hmm. We need a legal you scholar. Like you can, can you put up a statue of Hitler without it having all of the, you know, associated surrounding stuff Hitler maybe is a bad example let's 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 not even bring Europe into this whole thing because they're not going to do anything I I don't know if a community did that I don't know who tells them no other than the society right so if if a community decided to do that to say we're going to have a pro-Hitler statue the the condemnation would be so overwhelming right I mean I feel like that takes care of it itself I I don't know if there's authority who needs to tell a local community to do that um yeah, I, I mean, bringing something like Hitler into the mix, I think, right. confuses the issue. But it's, it's yeah, a, it, it, yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, need to think more about this, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. And it is. It's important. To yeah. me, I, I, again, look at it as from a historical perspective, and, you know, you should be learning from history and know that it's an awful thing and know that we're never going to go back to that. And I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can do all that without erecting statues of the leaders of that movement in your But it's not like they're being erected. They've been up there for, you know, a hundred more years, something like that. So you can do it without keeping, like, statues that are there to honor these people, right? Like, they're they're put up. They weren't put up as, like, hey, guys, remember what happens if you (laughs) go against the federal government. No, yeah, I'm not saying that either. They're because these are heroes, right, right? who are standing up for slavery and state rights and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Whatever. You can, <laughs> you can have your opinion on. Thanks, whatever. Nick. Thanks. Sorry. No, I. It's. It's. It is. It. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with you, Bill. I don't think it's totally just up to the like a democratic vote of the community. But I also. Yeah, I don't. It's. It's. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm glad that I'm not. Uh, the other thing I should say is that having lived in Louisiana for a number of years, I don't know the specific details of the sort of possible corruption that you're mentioning, Nick. But. It, it can basically be assumed that anything in Louisiana politics. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. It's way. politics in, in Louisiana and politics anywhere else. It, it could easily be that issue, too. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I thought it was, was interesting. But I don't know. Fuck me, right? No, it was good. It was good. It was, <laughs> good. It was good wrap up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, shameless plugs. So, uh, t- you know, follow us on Twitter at Barstool Paul, P O L. I will say there's a fair amount of uh, Twitter activity. This is good. People are anticipating the episodes and, and tweeting at us and, and questions same thing with facebook 
If you have beers that you like or if you have questions or debates you want us to talk about, share them on Facebook. Uh, I will say the email has been deadly quiet, uh, barstoolpolitics <laughs> at yahoo.com. Oh, so, God. you know, don't, don't forget about that. Um, you know, at a broader level, we feel like the audience is growing, but we really could use your help. Uh, if you're still listening an hour and 20 minutes in, please share with your friends. Big, uh, big milestone this week. We yeah. made it to over 300 listens in less than one week. Yeah, thank you guys. Just this is the great. Audio broadcast. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been fun, and so uh, you know we we're dependent on you to help uh, spread the word. So please do so. Um, anything else? I can't wait for next week. Next yeah. week, yeah, we're gonna oh. be at war with with Saudi Arabia and Israel. That's yeah. gonna be awesome. <laughs> <We're> gonna... <laughs> Who knows who else is going to be fired? <laughs> what other things are? What other bombs are going to drop? Metaphorically speaking. Yes, it's going to be fun. Or, or not. Metaphorically. Or literally. Or literally. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Yep. Cheers.